Hey there, podcast listeners. Welcome to Talking Wealth, the show where the Wealth Within team are on hand to teach you how to become a more confident, competent, and more importantly, profitable trader or investor. Wealth Within was voted number three for stock market podcasts globally in 2018, so I hope you enjoy listening. We cover topics from trading to investing, as well as wealth creation to ensure you can achieve your financial goals. Because as we always say, lifestyle matters. As a global leader in stock market education, you can fast track your journey towards financial freedom by studying with Wealth Within. If you'd like more information about our government accredited courses or to watch more analysis of the stocks in this podcast, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the market report videos under the Learning Center. Please note that the information in this podcast should not be considered personal financial advice. Stocks versus gold and silver, what's the better investment for you in 2020 and beyond? Hello and welcome to this week's Australian Stock Market Report. Now this week we will look at gold and silver and if these commodities are better investments than stocks. Then we'll get into the market so I can share with you my thoughts on the Australian stock market, where it's heading, along with answering your questions and looking at stocks for you. Hello, I'm Dale Gillam, the Chief Analyst here at Wealth Within, and we're Australia's most trusted stock market educators. Now, before we move on, thank you for showing your support for the channel and hitting that subscribe button. Now, remember, as you subscribe, click the little bell on the right of it so you keep up to date with our latest videos. Also, remember to tune into our live Australian stock market show every Tuesday, 7 to 8 p.m. Australian Eastern Time. Now, this is the show where you get to ask us, the stock market education and trading experts, to look at your favourite stocks and answer all of your most burning questions. Now, despite the uncertainty and challenging times of this year because of COVID-19, Many investors flocked to defensive assets such as silver and gold, which has paid off handsomely for them so far, particularly given that the All Ordinaries Index is down over 10% for the year. Now, since the 1st of January 2020, gold is up around 24%, whilst silver's performed even better. It's up about 40% for the year. Now, whilst these figures indicate that these were great investments this year, you cannot compare an index of stocks such as the All Ordinaries Index against a single commodity. This is because there were three stocks in the ASX Top 100 that performed better than gold and silver, which include Evolution Mining, and that was up, or is up, 62%. Fortescue Metals and Domino's Pizza, well, they're both up over 50%. In addition, six stocks in that Top 100 up over 20% for the year, but the challenge investors face is identifying those stocks that are likely to perform really well. Buying gold and silver is easy, just buy gold or silver. So is gold and silver a good investment right now? And where are these commodities heading in the last quarter of 2020 and into 2021? Well, gold and silver are very safe long-term investments. In fact, when it comes to gold, the long-term trend shows that it grows at an average rate of around 10% per annum. So that's pretty good. That said, these assets have an inverse correlation to world markets. In other words, if the stock market is rising, gold and silver are generally flat or down. Therefore, if you decide to invest, you do need to expect that there will be years of limited to no growth. So where are gold and silver heading in the next year? Well, both will continue to rise until about mid next year. But before you get too excited, most of their current run is over. So the growth will most likely be a little bit more subdued, around 10% or possibly a little more. That said, if the stock market falls heavily again, anything is possible. 
So what were the best and worst performing sectors last week? Well, the best sectors, that included materials again up 2.39%, followed by information technology up 1.08%, with energy not far behind, up point, uh, or up 0.85%. The worst performers included financials, and that was down 1.78%, followed by consumer staples down 0.85%, and utilities, that was just in the red at 0.76%. Now, looking at the ASX Top 100 stocks, the best performers last week included Northern Star Resources, and that was up 11.8%. Evolution Mining, well, that was up 11.03%, and Centre Group, that was up 8.10%. Now, the worst performers included Cleanaway Waste Management, that was down 13.49%. Unibail, Redamco, Westfield was down 10.54%, and AMP, that was down 9.0%. 9%. So what do I expect in the market for moving forward? Well, let's get into the chance for our S&P 500 or Lord News Index update for this week. We'll also look at your questions and the stocks that you've chosen for me. As expected, our market is slowly falling away, and that's the, the operative word, slowly, and I do like that it is slowly falling over. Now, as I uh, probably mentioned over the last few months, I was expecting the market to come down into September, but it looks like our low is probably more likely going to be October. Now, when you get into times like these of uncertainty, and I should, dare I say, well, you know, with COVID-19, we're not really sure about what's going on throughout Australia and, in, and indeed the world, and whether we get second and third and fourth waves uh, over different areas. I mean, obviously Melbourne's in a second wave at this point in time and coming out the back end of that, but will we get other outbreaks around Australia? And that's really what I mean by indecision and um, uncertainty that drives the market. And when the market's like that, we don't see large movements. So at this point in time, it is looking okay although we are falling. But let's go and have a look at the chart and I'll have a look and see where I'll give you the, my idea where it's falling to. Now, at this point in time, I still haven't changed this from last week and you can see our high here um, back in August and we've been generally falling over and it's not a lot. We've had one, two weeks down. This is an inside week and you can see here we opened at 6038 last week, pushed up but then came right back down at the end of the week. And this is sort of what we're doing. We did the same the week before, a little bit the week before, same the week before, quite a few weeks we push up and then come back down into it. I'm thinking right now we're going to go below that 5,884 points. Probably we could even get down to 5,400, but anything above 5,400 points and starting to move up again is a very, very good sign for our market moving into 2021. So I wouldn't be too worried about it at this point in time. I know I do get people that says, you know, do you say they think the market's going down, you know, I should just sell all my stocks and that's not what I'm saying. Even this big move down right down to here, it's 15% from that high. So it's not a huge move. Our markets will move 8 to 12% every single year from high to a low somewhere. Uh, if we're taking the close of last week, we're talking about another 10% on where it is. So we're not talking sheep stations here. We're not talking a big move like we saw down here. But that said, anything is, imposs is, is possible in our market, especially when you get uncertainty. Am I discounting that that low in March won't be broken? No, I'm not. It's still in the back of my mind. Whilst at this point in time, I think we're going to generally slow down probably to in the next four weeks to six weeks. We will get our low. Could be out into somewhere out into this sort of area here. Um, a bit longer than I expected, but hey, 
the direction is more important and this is where with investors and traders they always say to me you know they want certainty you know you said the market was going to do this and it didn't do that or you said it was going to do that and it didn't do this it's about direction and having solid strategies and plans and what are your rules and it's not about whether you get get the actual price of it correctly or the exact day or the exact week or the exact month of the low or the high as long as you know the direction and you have rules around it it's always going to be our best guess because one thing no expert can do is predict volatility on the marketplace we can't predict tsunamis we can't predict um, planes falling out of the sky we can't predict um, you know global meltdown crises we cannot predict coronavirus outbreaks we just can't do that or we can look at the market and say this is what it could be doing or should be doing based on probability and it will normally do that 70 to 80% of the time but there's going to be two three four five times out of ten that we're not going to get it right there'll be periods where we get it wrong four and five times in a row and then we'll get it right again eight or nine times in a row so it balances out over a period that we get it right more than we get it wrong and that's the important thing but even more important is just you having rules about what you're doing are you holding or you're selling that's the only thing you should be looking at now holding or selling if you are looking at buying be very careful making sure that you are buying very good quality stocks and you're getting good signals on those uh, and you may be looking more medium to longer term short term trying to trade bullish right now may be a little bit more on the better left to those with a lot more education and experience in the marketplace but anyway but let's now go into our questions for the week. Now, the first question we have today is from Shushila, who says, Hi, Dale, can I please have your view on ZLD? I have a few shares uh, bought, but wondering what will be the future like for Zell. Zalira or Zalira. Uh, I've never actually looked at this stock before because it's obviously quite a small stock, but let's have a look at the screen right now. And um, yep, you can see even on the monthly chart way back in the, here, it's quite volatile. It's quite illiquid. It's just only trading at about six and a half cents. But let's bring up the weekly chart and have a good look at this. You've got a few shares. It's been going sideways for many, many years. We're talking about three years of going sideways. It's looking a little bit more bullish right now because we've seen that move up out of March, but it is in an area with some reasonably good resistance on it and I'd like to see it sort of break above that sort of 70 to 80 cent level I think before I would get too excited about it let me bring it down onto the daily chart um, yeah this is a liquid isn't it it's not a very liquid stock here you can see see all this where you see the opens and closes all at the same level all of that that means this is in a liquid stock and it should not it shouldn't be part of anybody's portfolio. It really is one of those. It's more of a buy and pray type of stock. And I'm not trying to be rude to anybody. I'm just saying if you've got stocks like this, you only put money in it that you can afford to lose. If you can't afford to lose it, don't put it into stocks like this. And I'm not suggesting the stock's not going to go up. I'm just saying that if you do make money out of it, it's a lot more luck than actually good management. But um, at this point in time, I think it's probably going to go up. But uh, I'm not even going to guarantee that because when you're looking at stocks like this, you know, if you multiply at 4.5 million shares by half a cent, it doesn't need a lot of money to move the stock pricing. And so that's really why I don't really like these sorts of stocks. I like something that's a little bit more predictable uh, and knowing what's going on. But hey, look, if you do if you do hold some stocks, all you need to do um, is just make sure you've got an exit strategy underneath and let the upside happen. I don't know what you price you paid them for, whether you're in money or you're not in the money at this point in time. 
time, but right now I probably wouldn't be buying more of them. I would just be making sure that I have an exit strategy on them if they go south. Now, our next question is from Tina who says, hi, um, firstly, thank you for sharing your expertise. That's my pleasure. Um, thank you for watching and supporting our channel. Um, what do you think about buying utility and energy shares right now? These two sectors are falling heavily amongst all sectors in the ASX. They've been falling for quite some time, yeah. Um, I already own some of the larger cap companies such as AGL and Woodside as and as they are much cheaper than pre-COVID priced. I'm scared, but I'm also excited whether or not I should get more or exit. What is your insights, please? If you've got a question that says, should I buy more or should I get out? You've already, straight away, you already know, I went, how do I say this? I don't want to be rude to you, but you, it's, that's not the right question. Should I should I buy more or get out? That means you've already you already done something wrong uh, from that point of view because you've bought stocks that are falling away, um, and energy has been falling away for quite some time. Those stocks have been falling away. It's never a question of should I exit or buy more. Uh, it's it's always should I exit? And if the answer is yes, you exit. Um, should I buy more? Only that question only ever should come about when those stocks are starting to rise, and even then, I'd be very very conservative and I, I don't buy more of stocks if I'm already losing money on. So that's the level. If you're losing money, then you never ever buy more of a losing stock and that's called dollar cost averaging. And for those of you who watch this, um, I don't do that. I don't profess to do that, especially in a bearish um, stock, if stock that's falling away or a bearish sector that's falling away, you just generally definitely don't do that. And I know there are people out there that think I'm, you know, I'm wrong in that, that dollar cost averaging does work. It doesn't. It does. If you can actually make far more money uh, it's sorry you can make money dollar cost averaging but you'll make far more money if you don't do it i suppose that's a better way for me saying but let's go and have a look at the stocks that you've mentioned anyway and i'll bring up agl and you can see now this thing's been falling away since april 2017 so during that time why would you've bought that stock and it's fallen very very heavily and this is what i was saying a little bit earlier it's not a, a question about whether you buy more or you sell it's already down half from what it was back in that high in 2017 even if we look at the last few months here you can see it's down 32 percent on the last few months you've missed many opportunities to exit that stock you don't say where you bought them and you and and that's fine i don't necessarily need to know that um well it'd probably help me if i knew that but again buying and holding these stocks at this point in time is not necessarily what i would call wise but i'm not telling you to exit it's up to you whether you hold or sell but you can see here how agl went sideways for eight years right through here so um but it has some really nice runs. It went sideways basically from 97 right through to 2002, 2003, but it had bull runs before it. Will this stock stop falling? Yeah, it will. And will it start to rise again? Yes, it will. When it starts to rise, that's when I would be looking at buying because it is a great stock, but right now it's not giving me any signs that it stopped falling. Here's Woodside, and we'll look at the monthly chart on Woodside, and it's looking a little bit more bullish um, in terms of it's moved up for a few months, but it's come down again. This last few weeks, it's been, last few months, it's been bearish. So it will, it may challenge, it may challenge that low there at 14.93 and go below. But you can see if I scroll back, you can see this stock has generally been going down since May 2008. Will it stop falling? Yes, it will. But when? 
that's the point. So depending on how long you've owned this share, it just depends on why you're holding it. If you've only bought it in recent times and you're losing money, then I would suggest you look at your strategy about whether you should be buying more of those. Well, as I said, I don't think I should be buying more of them, but whether you should actually be holding these stocks because energy has been bearish. But do I think energy is going to be a better sector next year? Yeah, absolutely I do. But right now, it's all of this is showing me weakness and, and I wouldn't be in either of those stocks at this point in time. Um, I would not have bought into them and if I had bought into them I would have exited them already and I'm not trying as again I'm not trying to be rude to you at all I'm just saying is there's never the same question is buy more or exit that's just not a that's not the right question is should I exit yes or no that's always the first question and if the answer is yes then you get out if the answer is no then you decide what you're going to do you say well I'm going to still hold these medium to long term because the fundamentals of these stocks look great and I expect them to rise over the coming years but if you haven't done that research then you need to do that research to make yourself more comfortable with that um, but buying more right now is not something that I would do next question we have is from Amar who says hi Dar, love your show I'd like um, to get your analysis on flight center for day swing trade day swing trade and why would you want a day swing trade this stock I'm not sure but anyway um, as I'm fairly new to technical analysis myself again that's another reason why you wouldn't want a day swing trade. Over the past month, it's had a gradual growth testing 1350 resistance level um, several times. It looks like an ascending triangle with a possibility of a breakout. Can you please share your thoughts? Uh, if you're day trading and you're swing trading and you're only new to technical analysis, um, then you're not gonna get a lot of support from me, I don't think, um, on this one. Uh, this looks terrible right now. I wouldn't be swing trading this and I wouldn't be day trading it at all. It looks, it's. It's just going sideways and it doesn't look like there's a lot of probability on this stock being much more bullish. Can't see an ascending triangle on this anywhere. It's just not doing it. I'm not sure where you're getting your information on technical analysis, but right now this is not doing, this does, it's, this, this will probably keep going sideways, I'd say for quite some time. It, it might be doing a bit of a basing pattern, but um, for this thing to get better, it really does need Australia and the economy to be far, far, far better, but it's not really looking that good to me um, at this point in time. Um, even then, I still can't see an ascending triangle. I'm not sure where you are going. And you've got to be really careful when you're looking at daily charts. If that's what you're doing, that's seriously, seriously, seriously dangerous. If you're looking at daily charts and assuming what you're learning probably from somewhere like YouTube, that it's solid stuff and you're taking things out of context from what I can see here. And again, not trying to be rude to you, but your skills aren't good enough to swing trade this stock if that's what you're making assessments on based on what you learned. So to me, this stock is, there's much better stocks for you to work on than this one and uh, there's much better ways of trading at this point in time. But day trading um, is not something that makes a lot of money. And seriously, I've been dealing with people that have been day trading for two and a half decades and it's rare 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 for me to find somebody that consistently makes money out of day trading uh, and I'm talking about consistently over two three four five years or more not two three months or six months or 12 months um, so be very very careful but uh, but anyway let's move on but thank you for asking the question it really is a good question and um, you know and thank you for taking the time to write it so that's really important again I wasn't trying to be rude to you but we also have questions uh, for another question from Jash who says hi Dale interested in your thoughts on inverse ETFs such as bear yeah, given the market looks likely to head into a low in the not too distant future. Love your work. Thank you, mate. I um, really appreciate it. Bear, I've been watching Bear for a while and Bear 
there is an inverse ETF, and basically it's an ETF that shorts the market, I suppose the easiest way for me to say it, but as the market is rising, which you can see there on the left, the bear is falling away. So if the market's falling, the bear um, ETF will rise. And you can see here that's the move up out of the March low. So you can see there on that move, but it moved up. But I'll go into here. Now, what I'm looking at, it is looking better right through here because the market is slowly falling away. But you've got to look at where you make money. How do you get in and how do you get out? And more importantly, you don't hold this ETF very, very long. And that's what I, one of the things I'll suggest to you. See this, we go one, two, three, four, five weeks up, and then you would have exited because since then it's fallen away. But if I use my little tool here and go to that low there in, on the 21st of February, that's 56%. It rose that very, very quickly. And since then, it's fallen down to these lows down 33%. So you would have lost most of your return if you didn't exit. So that's one of the considerations when you're looking at an inverse um, ETF like this uh, with bear. And, and all the other bear market ETFs would be exactly the same. You need to get in and get out of it and take your money. So, But what you need to look at as well is also overlay the All Ordinaries Index and look at that. So the All Ordinaries Index because uh, this is based on the All Ordinaries Index or the S&P 200, I would think it probably is from memory. Uh, what did that move? That moved 38%, I think it was, 38%. So this moved a bit faster, a little bit faster. So if the market won't move 38% this time over the next few weeks. So you're not going to get that big fast run. So if the market does move what I was talking about a little bit earlier, let's say the market moves into a low and let's move, let's say it moves 20% from that low what falls 20% from that low, which is more than what I would expect it to fall, but let's put that on 20%. From its current price, if we put that on, this is if you do enter into this, you need to look at, well, there's a 14 or 15% move to get to 20%. More than likely, our market's probably only gonna do about 14 or 15% move roughly or at best down into the low. So therefore now you're shrinking your profits down to under 10%. So don't think, my thinking is unless we get some different news coming out of that volatility, something that causes a lot more volatility, which is what I was saying a little bit earlier, we maybe get you know, several outbreaks of coronavirus or something happens to see the market become really volatile like this. I don't see a big move here in the bear ETF. I probably, you may get 10% out of it, you may get more of it. But again, you need to look at the correlation that it has to the market and whether it's one for one, if the dollar rises 1%, sorry, if the Australian market rises 1%, does, does the bear ETF fall 1% and inversely the other way. There's gonna be a, some sort of factoring. It could be 1.2 or 1.25 or 1.5 where it, because obviously people buying a bear ETF are hoping the market does fall fast uh, to, to really grab that kind of return like we saw there, that 50% return. So just be careful, do a little bit of research and have a look at it, but you don't have a lot of history to really study it properly, but really good thinking um, and I applaud you. We had some great questions and I said, I'm sorry if I'm being a little bit hard on some people, but I don't like people making decisions based on a lack of knowledge thinking they're doing better for themselves and I'd rather be honest with people rather than give them a whole lot of fluff that doesn't really, really help them. Trading the market is serious. It's your money and you know you are responsible for it. If you wanna throw it away uh, and guess at the market, then that's your choice. Uh, but don't expect me to sort of support that if that makes sense uh, of you making what I would deem, deem poor decisions. But anyway, thank you for watching and, and really and very much thank you for sending your questions in. And if you have any questions for me, I promise I won't be that hard on you. Um, I promise to be nice. Um, but if you'd like me to answer a question, just comment below, stick your comments below. Now let me ask you a question before we finish up. 
BHP Real Fortescue. Which stock would you prefer right now and why? So BHP, Fortescue and Rio. Which stock would you buy right now? Which one do you prefer right now and why do you prefer it? Place your answer in the comments section below. Now remember that here on this channel we do these Monday market reports every single week and we also do our live stream every Tuesday night between 7 to 8 p.m. So hit the subscribe button now and click the bell on the right of it so you know when we go live with our new videos. I'm Dale Gillam. Goodbye, good luck and good trading. Thanks for listening. This podcast is brought to you by Wealth Within, a global leader in stock market education. For more information on our courses or to listen to more Talking Wealth podcasts, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the Talking Wealth podcast under the Learning Centre.